Hello, and welcome to H&B Conversations with Cosmo and Rivka. That was like you were answering the phone. Oh, that is... Hello. I heard a big bang outside, and it startled yeah, me. Yeah, no. I was going to sound, I mean, as close to a normal person as I can, but um, can you hear that? I can hear that. It's like, can, oh, I don't know. That's our neighbor they, working. He's got all kinds of, like, um, scrap. Well, he's got, like, refrigerators out there and some grills, and, like, he's got, like... Scrap. I, I, would you call that scrap? Yeah, it looks like Sanford and Son in the backyard. Well, no, there's no gar. I don't see garbage. What I see is someone who sells parts, uh-huh. and so he buys like someone's broken um, refrigerator or whatever, and then he'll strip them and sell the parts. Yes. Okay. That's that's what I'm well, seeing when I see Well, it feels like he runs it through like a like a grinder sometimes. Like sometimes I hear a well, noise out there. Well, if there's if there's excess metal or if he needs to cut into something, it's all metal back there. I suppose. Well, and I wonder if any of it's valuable. I don't think so. Well, I mean, like, where do you put metal? Couldn't you recycle metal? If you'd like, I mean, you, you can recycle batteries even. Yeah, but that's, the that's, I don't think that that's valid, anyway. Valid? Valuable. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I don't valid. think that stuff would be valuable. Anyway. Well, I don't know. What do we know? We don't know anything. I don't know anything. Nothing. Not much. At all. Okay. So, hey, everybody, how you doing? I We're- am tired. I'm always tired, but like it was, it was a long, it was a, a very long uh, holiday season for me. Like I feel like I was just on my feet or wrapping or you were wrapping and I was cooking and it was just a lot. Yeah. Lots of people. Normally in the past, we've had like Christmas Eve with family and then we just had, would have like Christmas Day pretty much just ourselves, you know? Yeah. And but not not uh, not this year. No, not this year. Had more family around. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. But anyway, so so so, um, you're gonna talk to us about how to go how to ask oh, yes. for the bathroom somewhere. All right. So if you're going to Turkey, which I've had friends go there for their honeymoon, I would never have thought of that as a honeymoon destination, but apparently it's very beautiful there. Yeah. Um. Uh, and so, but if you needed to know where the restroom was, oh my goodness, it just escaped my brain. That's why I kept saying it beforehand because it I was know. a complicated one. Okay. It starts with, where, where's my phone? All right. So I, I, um. It's like, kivere nedere. It's, tulive nedere. Tulive nedere. But they say it like really fast. Tulive nedere. No, 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 no. Tulive nedere. Tulive nedere. What? <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> To live at Nedede. To live in Nedede. Uh huh. Yeah. Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? In case anyone ever needs Where's to the find loo? one. And you're going to come across one of two toilets. You're going to come across the European style toilet, which apparently, um, I think it's a du, uh, not a duvet. I think it's a um, like a what's that? That the foot French washing word, toilet. Yeah, the, the the foot washing toilet that we joke about. It's oh the bidet. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I'm I don't know what's wrong with my brain. So it's kind of like a bidet, but it has a toilet seat. But you don't have toilet paper. You you they give you a hose apparently. <laughs> That's what it said. Like a tube or a hose, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, okay. So you get a tube or a hose that's connected, and that's what you use to, I guess, clean yourself. I don't know. You air dry? I don't know. But then, um, but the other kind of Turkish toilet that you can come across is, um, it's they. There are several different words for it, but like one of them was called an elephant toilet, and I think that's because the feet on the side look so bad, like where you're supposed to put your feet, because it's basically a squatting toilet. Oh. I've actually been in bathrooms with squatting toilets. Oh. Like when I'm in the Middle East and and um so it's porcelain but it's in the ground mm-hmm. and it has like a hole a there. No, no, it's it's just like an open small toilet but it's porcelain and it's large enough for you to put your two feet on the side. Like uh-huh. por- there's like per- a porcelain footprint kind of like okay. and you put your feet there and you squat. Oh. Mm-hmm. But there are usually toilet paper rolls on the floor there for you to use. Oh man, that just <laughs> that just doesn't sound. Um... It's all about what you're used to, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel we're very. We're used to what we have. We're very. I feel comfortable. very non-cross cultural as you describe that. I well, feel it's hard very to feel like. Oh wow! I think that everybody would, that, that would be comes problematic. here. Problematic. 
<laughs> yeah, I think people that don't want that to become problematic, like they're adamantly opposed to that, don't stay in the States for too long because most of us get used to the comfortable lifestyle here yeah. and go, oh, that's so hard. Like yeah. when people would say, do you, you think you'll ever move back to Israel? And I would go, um, the thing is like, I really love like Walmart and, and, you know, going to get my hair cut easily. And, mm -hmm. you know, not that it has to be Walmart, but like everything here is so easy. And now, now, yeah. I mean, I can, we have our internet, you can work from home, you mm -hmm. can do school from home, you can grocery shop from home. We can have all our groceries delivered like within an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, did you know that that was the original way that groceries were done? That when they had first started doing like food orders, like people would order their food, they'd place their orders and it would be delivered to their doors. Just like now, when you say original, what when they time first started, are you talking about? I'm talking about like um, when I believe. So there, there weren't always grocery stores. It was in the beginning of the 20th century. There were no grocery stores. There were like booths, right, and or a little market or, or like whatever. a general like. Like, so like, you would you could place your order like you would play you would give them it go to the meat guy and give them your order or whatever some people went that's true but not everybody could go so i read that food was delivered like that and mm. then they opened grocery stores and they were like hey you can actually come and you can look and see what you want it was like this privilege thing mm. where you could go and you could well, look and you could pick out whatever you wanted and then that was what you paid well, for well if you think about like um Tevia the dairy man right you know that he delivered, they delivered the cheese, cheese and, and the milk, milk and, and, and like he walked around you know carrying yeah. his cart Mm -hmm. Right, that's what I mean. That. Like things were delivered to you. Fruits, well, when and I was vegetables. Kid, there was still there was still milkmen in Connecticut. There was still mil milkmen. Right, and the reason that there were milkmen is because not everybody had refrigerators, oh, and milk needs to be well. But still, you could order them. But that's why milk was delivered because they didn't have refrigerators. Maybe they'd have a small little ice box, yeah. or but not not. You know, you'd be surprised when my grandparents, like. When I think not when my grandparents were born. I think when my dad was born in the 40s or whatever, or mm -hmm. maybe before a little bit before that, like there was a large percentage of the United States that didn't have electricity yet. Sure. So if you don't have electricity, um, you're certainly not going to be able to use a uh, refrigerator. A refrigerator. Oh. So milk was delivered because it would be refrigerated. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just don't. That doesn't explain to me. Why we had a milkman in nineteen late seventies in well, Connecticut? Maybe yeah, it was also it was a job, and yeah, they maybe they want phased out. Honestly, I think Papa said they have good milk. Yeah, probably. And so we'll it's order the fresh from, milk. It's the fresh milk. It's good. Yeah, milk. I can imagine that. And that, so that makes sense. And so they were having it. But there must have been a bunch of people that felt like that because it was they were still in business. Well, enough people to stay in business, yeah. probably smaller and smaller, until they no longer exist. Mm -hmm. You know, but the grocery person that buys my groceries and delivers it to the house exists. Yeah, yeah, gotta love Walmart delivery and Instacart. Instacart, mm -hmm. yeah. Enjoy it. All right. Well, Antonio, do we have a question on the spinner wheel? Yeah, uh, well, I'll spin and we'll see. All right. All right. And the question is, what is one thing you will never do again? I thought I feel like we've answered this question. We have not. We've not answered this question. I don't believe so. Okay. I usually don't or get the questions off of the. I, yeah, I don't remember the answering this question. What's one thing you'll never do again? Yeah, what's one thing you'll never? But, do But yeah, no, we did because I I in the wrong way said I would never get married again. I have no memory of that. Hmm. Don't you remember when we did that? And it was I like mean, I was like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. To have okay. talked about in other circles, I maybe yeah. we have, but let's talk about it from now in a fresh. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Okay. What would you never do again never besides, again? like, like she wouldn't get married? Like, um, again. <laughs> Marriage is hard. And it's sacrificing mm -hmm. and 
and trying to cooperate with somebody and it's not easy. And so if our marriage, if you passed away or something, um, I don't think I would get married again. Not because this is bad, but you know, my mom would always say people who have good marriages get remarried again. Um, and good for them. I don't think I don't have a good marriage. Right. But I still, I think because I got married young and I never had like, I don't know, just the freedom to say, I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that and not have to like, um, you know, I guess it's being kind of selfish, but I just don't think I'd get married again. Yeah, I would never bungee jump again. That's that's oh. what I would never do again because I didn't really want to do it the first time. Uh, I was in college, mm-hmm. I think I was 19 or 20, and we were at a, there's a place in Florida um, called Old Town, and uh, I think it was near Orlando and Kissimmee, and, um, and uh, that night was college night, so they were giving a discount that you could do bungee jumping, it was an eight story bungee jump. That's insane. That you could do for $10. Oh, my goodness. And I wasn't going to spend $10 to... Uh, I I could never to, do it. I could never, ever, ever, ever and jump. So my friend, I can hardly so jump off the diving so board. So my friends were... A bunch of them were going to do it. And, um, and I was like, no, thanks. I'm good. And then one of them, you know, I can't resist a good deal. He was like, I'll pay for it if you'll do it. One of my friends and I was like, well... I would never pay to do this, but if someone else is going to pay for it, maybe, maybe I'll do that. Okay, sure. So, um, so yeah. So as we were getting up there, the higher we got, um, you know, because there was a line of people, it was I was regretting my decision, um, and it was uh, so it was yeah, it was kind of it's kind of insane, right? I mean, you're yeah, you're strapped to this rubber band basically, and I mean, it's bigger than a rubber band, obviously. This heart and your harnessed, and and uh, and they've got the big, um, you know, air pillow below you. Um, and I actually hit the air pillow. You know what I mean? Like I, which was uh, which was fine, but it didn't hurt or anything. But it was just alarming. Um, but stepping off the, stepping off the beam, at eight stories above the ground, was terrifying and yet you know how everybody talks about like like the the rush or the thrill or whatever mm-hmm. like yeah i don't i didn't feel that i didn't feel like like you know sometimes it just felt wrong sometimes people feel this exhilaration sense of exhilaration it, I, I wonder if someone would feel that exhilaration because it's like you're breaking all the rules because naturally we should never like i mean it's like trying to kill yourself if you didn't yeah. have that band connected to you that's what would happen so maybe it's this exhilarating like um uh like risking death but getting away with it maybe i i just don't have that gene um that desire like i don't have that like thrill seeking like need that rush kind of thing in me like so so when it was done i was like yeah that was terrifying and not worth it and i'll never do that again and so, because, yeah, I don't have to, I don't have to cheat death to realize well, that I'm Well, I feel that way about hurry. roller coasters, so. Ah, well, I enjoy roller coasters. Right, but, but see, I have that feeling when I go on roller coasters, like, they're really scary for me, and I, I have a lot to live for, so I don't like that scary feeling. Some people do, though. Some people enjoy horror movies. Some people enjoy going into those scary houses. What is it? Go not a ghost house. What haunted? House? A haunted house. Yeah, no, I've you know? no, I've never liked any of that stuff. And I would like I would never jump out of an airplane unless unless there was an airplane I was in that was crashing and I had a parachute. Then I would because jumping out would be to save my life. But if I've got an airplane that has perfectly good landing gear and is going to land, I'm staying inside of it. Um, like like I don't have to. I don't have to. Uh, to desire or to taste death yeah to realize i don't want so that's something i've done that i would never do again um i think that's uh reasonable it's it's less consequential you know than you know it's not as significant important as 
Um, and it's marriage. It's marriage for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was just the first thing that popped. It's probably an easy answer because, you know, I think that that's big. Like there's lots of small things in your life that actually really, really make up your life. And so, right. I mean, not that marriage doesn't. Yeah. I remember like one time I was in, I'm, I was in, um, Charleston, South Carolina and with a, with a bunch of my, with on a ministry team with a bunch of my friends and we were in, uh, or was it Charleston? It doesn't matter. Savannah, Georgia, maybe. Anyway, we were in this coastal town and, and I, I went to one of those hot sauce tasting booths mm -hmm. where they had those like those hot, hot, hot sauces. Mm -hmm. And I would never do that again. I did that. I was 19. Yeah. And I, I, or 20. Yeah, no, no, no. We've done this question before because remember I said I'd never staple my finger again. Did you? Like what's the d dumbest thing dumbest you've thing ever you've done. ever done? No, I'm yeah. telling you. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. So, but there's a lot of things. The question. Yeah, so. there's a, no. It just occurred to me. There's a lot. I feel like I'm having deja vu. Maybe we're just talking way too much about ourselves. Um, there's a <laughs> lot of um, what you call it. I have a lot of regrets. Like I wouldn't do that over again. But I remember when I didn't in my life. I th we live. We were living in the Victorian house. And all four kids were there. We had all four kids. And I was taking care of my grandmother. Uh -huh. And I remember going into the family room and she was sitting there and she was crying. And I was like, you know, Gami, what's wrong? Are you okay? What's the matter? And she was just looking off into the distance and just she began to like say how sad she was about the things she didn't get to do mm. or that the people that she missed and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, I don't ever ever want to have any regrets yeah you know i what year was that like i was how old was i well she died we'd in, been married 10 years she died in 2009 yeah so January. we we had been married 10 years and i was 33 i guess we would been married 11 years 11 years okay yeah so so i was 34 anyways and i didn't have i remember having that that feeling and so I know that like moving forward I have regrets because I think I did things being from being pressured or feeling an obligation that I really didn't need to feel obligated to like there was this idea of who I was supposed people pleasing to, kind of yeah stuff. people yeah. pleasing kind of stuff I remember someone who recognized that in me and was like just saw how much I was really killing myself I was so tired I was running so many things and all of that and she said to me um which i understand now but at the time it just kind of jolted me like what's that supposed to mean but um she just said to me rivka you're just you're just not that important and i was just like okay like wh or whatever that means but i understand it now because it means like it like it's not like nobody the else the world's not going to fall apart if, if you, you don't, don't do these do things thing. and there are certainly other things you would rather do you're doing everything you feel like you have to do you're not doing the things that you would want to do or even feel like god would rather you do right you know so i i think that there are things like that that i would um but i'm also saying that from this brain like that brain didn't have the experience that this brain had. Mm -hmm. So if I could go back and jump into my body and have this brain and go. You'd say no to a lot more things because sure. of how fast children grow up and get married. and Yeah, like I could have. And you go. Uh, all I ever wanted to do my whole life was be with my kids and raise my kids. And when the Lord told me to homeschool, I wanted to homeschool my kids. That That was my calling, my dream, all of that. But instead, I felt the pressures to be, you know, the perfect uh, pastor's wife, Revitson, all of that. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and it's a lot of pressure. I mean, you go to pastor's wife's conferences, they're putting pressure on you. You If you have family that are in ministry, they're putting pressure on you. Um, mm -hmm. People that don't even know you but are in the congregation and have tons of expectations on you, they're putting pressure on you. So when you're young... You know, you, uh, and not, not that like 35, 34 to, you know, whatever is so young, but it's younger than I am. So mm -hmm. at that point in my life, I didn't, I guess, yet have the self-esteem or, or the awareness of the, of the shortness of that time of life. Sure. You know? Sure. So, All right. yeah. Tonio, we could go for another question. All right. Let me spin. 
As I just rotate It snowed slowly. today. It did snow today. That is true. It snowed. You, Dad came in to wake me up, and he was like, it's snowing. I was like, what? Yeah, when I woke up, uh, it wasn't snowing, and then I went to the bathroom, and then Dad called, and he was like, you got to get over here. It's snowing, and you don't want the roads to be too slick, and we were very confused. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I do not drive in the snow. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's one fear you want to master? What's a fear you want to master? What's a fear you want to master? Uh, what's one fear? I don't know. I don't I don't know that I live you with know, the idea that there are fears that I need to master. To me, if there's something I have a fear. I mean, there are fears like fears of spiders and Oh yeah. But I would say if I had one fear I wanted to master, um I have friends that I've watched over my lifetime and they seem to not have the fear of rejection. Mm. Like they do what they're going to do. And if someone doesn't like it, well, too bad. This is the way it is. This is yeah, how That's I'm back doing to it. that people pleasing thing. Right. And I, I have a deep rooted fear of rejection. Um, it's, I don't exactly know why, but mm -hmm. I do. And so I'm, I'm usually, I think I'm usually trying to be, the the best version of myself because I don't know. I think I'm afraid that if there's the real version of myself, and I mean, I'm pretty much myself, so I'm not even sure what that version is. Right. I think it's just something I make up in my head. Um, I think that uh, I worry people will reject me or forget me or like my first thought, someone once said it's like trauma brain, I guess, but like my first thought and I, I over talk myself, like I'll say, if I, I naturally have these feelings, but then I say to myself, that's not true. This person's just busy. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Like I have to do that in my head and mm -hmm. I'm then I'm fine. But my first instinct is always to think that person's not calling me back or not texting me or not whatever, like is to go, I must not be important. They don't like me. They didn't really want to sit and be with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I know that's not true. I mean... I think, I think it's not. I hope it's not. <laughs> well, you know, the, I guess the way I've always looked at it for a long time, I suppose, because I don't, I don't struggle to the same, to that degree with people pleasing. No, for sure. Um, and I think for me, I, I know I've shared the story, this one before, but um, the first time I recall making this concerted decision was being 13 years old, sitting at the lunch table the first day of eighth mm -hmm. grade. And um, when I really hadn't been walking with the Lord, but knew I should be, and I was trying to impress all my friends at school, and I sat there looking at the lunch table, going, "Why am I so? Why am I focused on what these people think of me? Because the fact is, when we leave this place, they don't—they're not thinking about me. I'm—it's first day of school. Everyone's wearing their first day of school clothes, right? And I realize no one's looking at my first day of school clothes because they're all focused on their first day of school clothes. I've been living my life trying to make these people laugh or trying to make these people happy, and they don't actually care. And so I'm no longer going to try to hang out with the cool kids because of who it'll make. I'm going to spend time with people that I enjoy being with, mm -hmm. and I'm going to hang out. And so I started hanging out with the kids that were in my in my classes that were even nerdier and whatever. And and so I had that experience then. Um and then and the I think one of the other things that I don't I don't know that as guys have to overcome to some degree is the fear of rejection. Yeah. Um, you know, because anytime you would go to ask a girl on a date to do that or to, uh, you know, you had to put yourself out there. And so what I had to mentally no, it's, uh, what hard. I had to mentally um, come to grips with was. Like I, through the process of what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is she could say no. And will I fall apart? Will my life fall apart? Will I be any less of anything? If she says no, she won't go out with me? No. So, and I learned <laughs> by being told no, oh, I survived that. I'm okay. And and learn to like who yeah, I was for me, I, and if someone didn't like I don't who remember, I was, I, yeah, I don't remember always feeling that way. Um, I think that I don't know if it's because we've been in ministry, you know what I mean? And it's not like you just have your set of friends and then you move and make another set of friends or whatever. 
ministry in my experience is filled with rejection because just like people rejected yeshua so they would reject us like over and over and over and over again not the same person but just and i think you know i'm not a robot and i think it did affect me even if i knew well you know it's just the way it is it still did affect me to the point where now maybe there's a part of me that's just like, you know what, I just don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of over people dumping me. Mm. And I just would, I'll, I'll, I'll be everybody's friend, but it's really scary. And so, but I know that the people who are close to me in my life love me. And, and, and I'm actually a really, really low maintenance friend because I want so much grace. So I give a lot of grace and mm-hmm. I, I really am fine with it. But that's the first thought that will I do have those thoughts and those fears. And so if I could overcome like a fear, I think it would be that because without the fear of rejection there, I think I think you can accomplish a lot, you know? Yeah, you know, if I if I were to dig down to think about the question, what is it I'm afraid of? Cuz rejection's not the thing for me. Um the question of and I I don't know, this feels like 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 therapy on a, you know, on a podcast, like the question of what I'm afraid of, because I don't feel like I live with the, a lot of... The question of, wasn't what you're afraid of. It's, what's the fear you want to overcome? Well, right. I feel like most of my fears are rational fears that I have no desire to overcome because I feel like they're ration, they're good fears that are there for, for good reason. Well, probably uh, then... Some then, of those fears. Well, so what you're saying is there's nothing that... Okay, so I know I know about good fears. Yeah, I'm afraid to touch fire because it's going to sure. burn. That's not what we're talking about. What you're saying is you don't have any like fears that you would want to overcome that are irrational or hold you back at all? No, the, I was going to say, so the the one fear probably, and I'd have to dig in, dig down to see. I just think it's interesting. I think that's like everybody has these like crazy fears and, and, and you don't feel like on one level because like you're like, well, geez, you know, like, I don't know, because like not anything that dominates the forefront of my thinking. There may be you're not afraid of failing. I'm going to say failing. Uh, that's where I was leading to fear, fear of failure. Um, uh, is I don't know that it's something that well, because to, to overcome a fear of failure you have to, <laughs> you know, like, like what I, what, what I was going to say is, you know, there's probably times that there are things that I don't do unconsciously don't because I don't want to fail, but I don't, right. I don't recognize it. So, so rather than taking a risk, putting myself out there to do something that's daring, um, um, or, uh, you know, See, when you talk I'm about not, in, like, I'm, I'm not afraid of failing. Well, probably because I have failed at so many things, you know, with with my issues when I was a kid and stuff. Right. But I'm not afraid of failing because it doesn't feel it's not failure. It's learning how to do it better. You're learning about all the little things you did wrong. So now that you're going to do this again, oh, this time you'll get it right. Like you get Mm -hmm. opportunity after opportunity. And so I would rather do that and learn and get better and better then never do it at all. Yeah, so there's so so because I could look and say for instance when I was in high school and I got cut from the baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know, that stung um from the varsity baseball team and that was failure and then Why did they cut you? Cuz I wasn't cuz I wasn't they good. could only have so many players on the team. Mhm. And you weren't good enough it to... came down to me and someone else and at that stage earlier in life I'd been I'd been an all-star when I was a little kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I was not, uh, uh, I, well, it was interesting. Yeah. Like, like I shouldn't have tangent off like that. I'm sorry, but I was no. just, I was just, no, I was cut because the, um, like I was, they like to have two years of varsity. I was, they wanted to give the kid that they'd have more time to work with to have for my senior year, wanted to give the kid that, uh, a junior that was coming over. Sure. They had more time to develop him. Uh-huh. And so... You had been there the whole time, right? This was your school I, you grew up in. This was my school. Yeah, yeah. But but they only had limited... But still, I wasn't... By that point, I wasn't... I loved baseball. I wasn't great at it. I could mm-hmm. talk about it. 
I could analyze it. I wasn't great at it. I was decent. Um, and, and so the, uh, the thing that I, but I, when I got cut, that was a failure, but then I was like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, no, I've, I, yeah, I've never seen you actually be upset about something. Like I've seen you be upset, but I've not seen you be upset. Like where I might have a bad day or I'm in a bad mood. Like I've never seen you. I mean, not ever have I ever seen you in a bad mood. Like you have, um, you might be upset about something that's going on at that moment, but you've never been like, I'm just in a bad mood or I'm just tired or I'm just, that's, I've never, ever seen you do that. Like I've never seen you have bad days. Well, well I guess what oh, I've. So I, I think you overcome really easy. Well, I, it, I mean, this is going to sound like, I, it's just that they're the thoughts that I choose to hold on to. What am I going to, what am I, how am I going to approach this? Like, even I can tell you that when my, when my dad died, you know, that's a bad day. But that's not what I meant. But I'm gonna, hold on. Day. But that's a bad day. But on that day, uh-huh. on that day, I grieved and I said, thank you, Lord, that I had my dad for 38 years. Because mm-hmm. I knew friends who lost their dads in high school or in junior high. And I had that, I had that fear as a child of losing my parents. Um, and so... So what I what I generally try to do is look for the look for the the good thing in the midst of the bad thing. So when I got cut from the baseball team, well now those hours after school that I would have to devote to practice, that's free. I have that open now, mm-hmm. and it's my senior year. I've only got a few months left of school. I can spend more time with some of my friends that I'm not going to see. So I I would choose to find. What's the silver lining in this? What's the good thing in this? And that's generally, I don't like, so So here's the thing. I don't like to feel upset. I don't like the feeling of it. I don't like the feeling of negativity. And so I don't like to stay there. So I will opt to find the good thing to think about in the yeah. midst of whatever so that's adversity how you, that yeah, I'm Yeah, what I'm I facing. do in those moments, I don't find the good thing. Like I'm aware that this is a bad thing, but what I do is go, what do I do so that this doesn't happen again? Yeah. And so I problem solve that. So then that doesn't happen again. I think if you look at everything like glass half full and well, it's okay or whatever. Not that like there's got to be a balance there, but I think you then don't learn that can from be the, the mistakes because you don't actually even acknowledge the mistake or the weakness or whatever. That's, that's a, that's you just a, go, you know what? It's okay. That's a potential downfall to your, that's a potential downfall of not taking the time, not to let it beat you up, but to grow from it and to learn right. from it and to, to not just be like, oh, la, 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 that didn't happen. Yeah, like right. not do that. Um, um, or to not meditate on it. So I, I generally don't, um, but I think everything in this life is what are we supposed to learn from it? And so I think without we, adversity, without pain, without all those things, we just don't learn. Yeah. And so that, and I know you hate to be uncomfortable. You hate to be all those things. But like those things are actually see, gifts. That's fine. But I'm saying they don't. I, but even to me, even if I approach it with that mindset, if if I approach it with with that mindset, OK, what can I learn from this? Right, that it's a mindset that says I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm not down. I'm not out. Um, this is a growing point. I, th- this is one less way for me to fail. Kind of the the Thomas Edison had to find so many right. ways to not make a light bulb to in order to make a light bulb. So, so I, I hear I hear what you're saying. Except, I guess in my mind, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be critical. Like I'm looking at the other side of this going. Okay, so that's like someone who's like broken their leg, but from this is how I view it. Like if you broke your leg and you're like, you know what? It's okay because I've always wanted a limp. I've seen everybody else walk with limps. I think it's really neat. And you just try to keep walking on a broken leg or you, or, or it's like in a cast. And so you just don't acknowledge that it needs healing or whatever. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know that that's, that's. Uh, Maybe I don't, that's not a good analogy. I don't think that that's the. I don't think that the way I approached losing my dad. Um, no, not losing your dad, but that's not what I mean. But I'm, I'm ta- saying, like when when so I so losing your dad is not something you could control. 
Like you lost your dad. Well, we were talking about. We were talking like about, overcoming about the thoughts that I choose to dwell on. Right. I know. I know. I know. I know. But I'm talking about like, let's back up even more because yeah, that's a bad day. Your dad passed away, of course, but that's grief. Yeah. That's not like just going, um, everything's fine. Like that's grief. That's different. I think it's a completely different sure. thing. It, but if you got into a car accident and you were like, that's okay. I wanted to get a new car anyway. And you got the new car, but you never dealt with the reality of why did you get into a car accident? It might've been your fault. You might not want to do that no, again. Not, because yeah. th You know what? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying, um, it's like when I was a, yeah, when I was a kid and in school, I didn't, I didn't do badly often, but when I did, um, then I would be like, okay, how, yeah. How do I not do this again? Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't let it defeat me. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't be like when I got, you know, in, in the seventh grade, I got a D. Right. And so I wasn't like, oh, now, now I'm a D student. I was like, okay. So what happened was <laughs> I, I got overconfident in this class mm -hmm. and I didn't pay attention and I wasn't taking notes because I just thought, this is easy. I'm brilliant. It was, a, it was an easy class that I got a D in. And and mm. I was like, okay, and so I made a plan to not do that again, and I didn't do that again. Mm -hmm. So that's generally yeah. um the way, you know, but 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 yeah, no, I don't typically And by the way, I think um I don't think anybody really likes being upset yeah. or feeling hurt or whatever. I think all of us dislike that. Because you were like, you know, I'm, I just, I don't like this. I don't. And I'm like, well, sure. I think we Right. I imagine not. Way. So, so I'm usually trying to. Denial. <laughs> That's maybe. <yeah. laughs> I'm usually going, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want to hang out in that. I don't want to feel like this. So I'm just deciding to have a good time. I'm going to, I'm going to find. Yeah. I mean, I generally. Yeah. The problem, the problem with people that do that, I think I, I envy it in a way. I think your mom was that way. I envy it in a way because um, I wish that I could be more that way. I think it leads to a probably a happier life in the sense that, you know, I'm just not going to carry this burden or I don't want to feel that, you know what I mean? You're able to like kind of put it out of your head. The, the thing is, though, is that when other people can't, um, you will become impatient with them because they're not able to do that. And if what just like if we don't grieve, like we're like, I'm not going to grieve. I'm not going to, we don't actually allow for other people to grieve. So I think that it's important to, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that in terms of, I think when I was younger, like when we first got married, right. I mean, that, that's part of our, you know, early story was I didn't, I didn't really say, well, no, it's okay to have a bad day. Because yeah, it I didn't, didn't matter what it is. I was supposed I was like, to be happy. You know, just come on. Let's just 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 choose what you focus on. And I was like, choose rah, how rah. to feel. Yeah, I choose joy, kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. and, and and to a point where I didn't allow fun. you to process things in a in a in the way that you needed to process them. And so, but I think as I've um, hopefully matured, that like within though I approach things a certain way in my life, I don't try to. I try to be real sensitive um, to how. Um, you know, if someone else loses their parent uh, or loses someone, you know, when I'm dealing with people who are facing grief, I don't go, well, let me tell you how I handled it. Uh, you should just mm -hmm. take this mindset. No, I just, I, I'm with them in their grief in that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I don't, but in terms of, um, no, look, there are, there are attitudes and mindsets that come from a place of, um, like there are attitudes that, that, lead fears that people have that lead them it seems to places of great success they accomplish all of these things because they're afraid of this and they're afraid of that and then and out of that they accomplish all this, well, this yeah, stuff right? right and um and i i don't i don't have that sense of fear in that regard like well what are what what'll happen if 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 uh you know if all of these um things so so uh so anyway yeah that's that's uh i don't know I well don't know. 
I think uh, it's just kind of. I feel like it's sort of the way I'm wired. A right, right, bit. right. But there. So what's there to overcome? Then there's not a fear for you that you desire to overcome, because you don't really have any fears as far as like those things go. No, the I think the thing. I think that's what we're establishing. Yeah, no, no. I I think the thing that I I come back and I look at is is um, the. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, like, I can hear you in my head. Like, I'm like, if I were to be like, um, you know, um, like, uh, what, what if we were poor? You'd be like, well, that's okay. Then we'd be poor. We'd have each other. It'd be fine. Like, you, that's, that's the way you... Because, you, right? right? Because Paul says, Paul says, I've learned what it is to have a lot. And I've learned what it is to have little. Mm-hmm. I've learned the secret of contentment. I can do either of these things through... Messiah who gives me strength like I don't those things are those circumstances don't rule as long as you don't don't misunderstand contentment with apathy correct because that's that's an easy confusion where someone who is just going well it's all right well I don't want to do that well it's okay where that I just ignore this or that then it becomes a problem because I don't think Paul meant you don't really need to strive for anything that's certainly not what he meant. he doesn't he's he's uh, he's very much striving. I want to know know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. And you see a life driven, mm-hmm. right? But it's not driven from a place of fear. It's not driven from a place of lack. It's mm-hmm. not driven by a need for stuff or by the approval of man, right? So that the drive itself is only found in Yeshua. Mm-hmm. That's where... Well, perfect love casts out fear. Right. So when we when we really understand God's love and receive God's love and have his love, it should cast out all fear. We know that what we're doing and 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 that he he loves us, he approves of us. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm I don't need anyone else's approval because I know I am good with the Lord right. and I have his love and his love is so filled in me. I'm just, I'm not afraid. Right. It's okay. And I really do, honestly, in that regard, like I really do try. I'm not, when my, when my, my, when there are people in my world that are really freaking out about, you know, if it's politics or whatever, I mean, there are attributes of politics that I'm like, ugh, but I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. Like whatever, like the Lord is going to walk us through whatever he's going to walk us through. But I don't want what I walk through to be from the consequences of me not having paid attention. Right. Like whatever God brings my way, whatever life brings my way, okay, I'm going to deal with that and I'm going to learn from it and all that. But I want to make sure I learn from it. Right. Yeah, I think, I think the, and the question is who are we being and who are we becoming? Um, it's not even as much about the, the overflow of that can be what we're accomplishing but I think the question is, who are who are we being? You can accomplish things, but there are people who accomplish a lot, but their character is, you know, their their, their interpersonal relationships are are void and empty. And, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think I don't think a lot of those people realize that they're void and empty. I think I think the reason a lot of people get to where they're at, even financially, is because they like the feeling that they have in being who they are. Yeah. So they don't feel um, that that uh, emptiness. And that they don't have Depends that on what you value. I, I, you know, it's interesting. We just saw, a, um, I saw an interesting, quick uh, little interview you and I were watching last night. We saw a thing where Matt Damon, the actor, was, oh, yeah. was talking about how when he was uh, 27 years old is when he and uh, Ben Affleck, won won the Oscars and they were these kind of new on the scene and so the the guy interviewing him said you know did you feel like I mean were you going crazy that night was that amazing was it like and he and 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 the story that he told was I thought I was so impressed actually by what he expressed he said you know I I was at home and I'm, I'm alone at this point with this looking at this this trophy and he goes I'm so gra- glad, and he, he, he Just, used a different word. I'm so glad I didn't screw anyone over to get this. And and he says, because there are people who live their whole lives 
striving for this thing. Like, what if I had been and eighty the, and years, I was 80 old, 80 years and this old? Is if, all it and, is. and then I got this, and I realized because what he's expressing is, okay, I'm holding a trophy, but it, there's an emptiness to it. He said, if you think this is going to fill you, you're going to be disappointed. Right. And he really, he's like, I'm glad I learned that lesson at 27, and not at and not 80. and got, get to 80 and go, had wait, I was after striving. after this, and this is all it was, and it was just emptiness. And if you spend, you can spend your life going after, driven to get this thing. And you you hurt people along the way, or you mistreat people along the way, and the damage you do, and then you get this thing, and then you have to say, then you almost you have to tell yourself, oh, it was all worth it. But the reality is, if you're honest with yourself, you look at these things, these trophies, right. these accomplishments, and, and you go, was this was this worth it? Right, was hurting all the people that I hurt to get here worth it? People matter. Right. Lo- loving people matters and that's where mm-hmm. not being because the day after he got the oscar it was over the yeah. movie was over like we can all say like oh yeah they did goodwill hunting that's great but that's not changing any lives right. so it was over and um and and most things are that way like once you get it you got it it's done and and the thing is you know th- and not to be uh this this to me is not it can sound like a depressing thought but it's not a depressing thought but it's a, it's an interesting thought that um, that you know someday of course we will breathe our last, and we've all heard you know that you know all that will matter is what we did for the Lord and relationally the things that we did, and because what I know is this is that um, I can't name I I I can tell you the names perhaps of my great grandparents even, but I can't tell you the names of their parents. Within right. generations. We're forgotten. Within generations. Now, the impact we make, my name may be forgotten, but what I pour into my children, that they pour into their children, right. that, that that they pour into their our children, children are that our will carry on, and no one may know my name. You know what, but though? That, I think that's why it's so hard for parents when, because we feel like our children are our legacy, when our children go through really, really hard times or yeah. make mistakes, it feels very personal. Like it's our failure because if they're our legacy and they're not doing well, it also feels like it's our failure. Right. But they're still in process. And part yeah. of what we've sown into them is all still in process, just like we've right. been in process. Right. And everybody, every, everybody, and, there is no growth. There is no growth yeah. without pain or yeah. adversity. Right. There just isn't. And we, th- we think that we want this life for our kids or for ourselves that is like perfect and pain free and all that. Mm-hmm. But it, um, like I was listening to this guy talk uh, yesterday and he said, you know, when you're going to work out, like how does that muscle grow? It only grows from resistance. Right. It only grows from basically being torn. <laughs> if right? I don't feel the pain, nothing's you're happening. N- right. Nothing's happening. And so yeah. we would be incredibly weak um, humans if we did not receive pain and adversity. So when our kids are going through these really terrible things, we have to trust that, you know, yeah. God's with them like he was with us. And this is their journey for who he's designed and made them to be. And, and they can get there faster. They can get there slow. It's and up it to them. Real, <laughs> and it really does. I think, I think it really does. Not just, I think I know this, that all that really does matter is the answer to the question Lord, are you pleased with this with me? So that if I don't, that's that's part of the the not that's part of the the secret, I guess, of contentment too, is to say, like that I stand before Him, you stand before Him, and 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 to really lay our lives before Him because we're bare before Him, we're exposed before Him. He sees us at the very depth of who we are, and He still loves us. Um, and yet to say, okay, because I, you know, I know that he, that we were not all who we're supposed to be yet. We're all in process. But the question is, Lord, are you pleased with me? Because at the end of the, because he's the one that for all eternity, that we're going to be in his presence and the impact that we make for him. That like we, when we live our lives, trying to make everybody trying to please the kids at the lunch table, that they forget about us two seconds later. Mm Mm-hmm. It's all, what is that? And you find yourself going, why did I expend all of that energy and all of, why did I surrender this and give this up for that? So at the end of the day, who won't forget is the Lord. 
who who will matter is what he says and if we can if we can learn to live with that perspective and on a daily basis then we won't be driven by fear uh, and but we will be driven by him and driven toward him and if we're really willing to listen to him not because he'll somehow not because it's he's not the parent that's impossible to please you know like like am i good enough now lord am i good enough now that's not how he reveals him who he reveals himself well, i to think be. i i yeah and i think that when we ask those questions am i good enough now then we're not actually aware of how much he loves us right because it's not about being good enough right we're never ever going to be good enough right. we're loved right where we're I was, at i always think about the story we're going long yeah I was, <laughs> we're like I'll so stop. far but off I, and, and i this is this is sort of one of the core stories of my life um but i, I it brings me back to um to one time I, I can't i can see where i was at in the car with my dad and um he was at, he'd always ask me about how i did in school so how'd you do? And I said, I got a 98 on my biology test, which biology wasn't my best subject. And he goes, why'd you get a 98? And I said, because I missed one, Dad. I missed one. He goes, um, but what I, and, and he goes, you well, should I get 100. Yeah. You should get 100. Now, what I knew in that moment, and what, if you knew my dad, and I knew my dad, yes, was that did. my dad was not saying, 98's not good enough, son. My dad wasn't saying I don't saying love. You can do better. My dad wasn't saying I don't love you right. if you didn't get a hundred. Right. He what was my saying, dad was is saying you is are, I you, love you. You can do a hundred. Right. I love you, son. I know what you're capable of, and and so tell me why didn't what choices did you make? Why didn't you? But you chose to think positive, which is great, and you were like, eh, it's fine. I well, I <laughs> I did. I said. <laughs> Did. That's, so you're like, that's I'm gonna true, settle but for I the knew, 98, but, man. I'm just said, good with I, that, yes, you know. I, I settled think for it's the fine. I settled for the 98, but I, yeah, I was just like, uh, but what I knew though was I had a father that was. But I, that being said, I I did his, I did from the time I was a small, uh, a little boy, strive for excellence in academically, sure, because of what my dad taught me, and sure. because of of how he. He challenged me. Um, there, there's no doubt that that was a driving force behind my thought processes academically. But I never once thought I'm not loved by my dad. No. And I think if we, if we, we look at how the Lord calls us to be, to to continue to grow into the fullness of the potential that He has for us, um, that we can do that and without living in the question of the insecurity of do you am i good enough for you do you let he he loved us enough to mm -hmm. give up everything for us to and to pursue us mm -hmm. so so anyway okay well i guess yes we have gone a little long and we just like we like took a question and like went all the all way to over oz the place. all over the place yeah. all right well all right well everybody well may the lord bless you and keep you and may the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. All right, shalom, shalom. Have a beautiful day.